All right. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Come on. There's no chair this week, so I'm, I'm free. Look out. Here we go. Come on. My name is Pastor Jared. I'm so excited to be here. I'm the pastor of our Young Adults Community Access, which is the Young Adults Community of Resurrection Life Church. So we exist, this house, Res Life Church, we exist, we have two missions, that's it. Two parts to our mission, two parts. It's to win souls and to make disciples. That's it. So here at Access, why are we here as a young adults community? We believe that God has called us, given us a mandate to equip and mobilize the young adults in identity, evangelism, community, and the scriptures. And so we are so excited to be here. We are a people who love the presence of God. And I don't know if y'all felt it in worship or what, but man, when the presence of God comes, like, man, I just can't contain myself sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's just so good. It's so, so good. We love the presence of Jesus and we don't want to move on from his presence. That's who we are. We love, we, we have our one goal. The one goal of our life is to love God. That's it to minister to him. We are alive for one purpose. That's to love Jesus, to fall in love with him. Everything else will fall into place after that. The Bible says, Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you as well. It's all about priority, yeah? Come on, there's your pre-sermon, right? You're welcome, that was free. No, no extra charge there. Um, but so excited to be with you tonight. I just felt something stirring on my heart before we actually get into uh, continuing our message on the word of God, on the word of God. We're in a month-long series called Red. We at Access, we're people that are rooted, established, and devoted to God's word. We hold, we hold the Bible in a high priority and in reverence. This encounter with God through his word has the power to change your life. And the reason I can say that with such conviction and such surety in my voice is because that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. And I'm gonna share a little bit about that in a minute, but this encounter with God through the Bible literally changed my life and it has the power to change your life too. God's spirit is in the word of God and God's word, encounter with God through the word has the power to change your entire life. But I felt like God put something on my heart kind of specifically before we go there. Uh, you guys, some of you guys may have noticed, some of you guys, maybe some of us, maybe this is our first time here at Access tonight. And you're kind of looking and watching us worship. And I just felt like I saw us worshiping from like a first timer's perspective tonight. I was like sitting and worshiping and I'm like, man, if it was my first time in Access, what would I be thinking right now? And you know what? I, I might've been scratching my head if this is my first time at Access. I'm like, what is happening? Like right now, like these, some of these people are on their knees. Some of them are raising their hand. Some of them are jumping and running around the room. Other people are just still inside. Like what is happening? And I just, I just want to explain a little bit. Like I'm a very exuberant worshiper. It's just me, who I am. It's the way God made me to be. But this is the reason why I worship is because... <sighs> If you, if you knew who I was before I met Jesus, then you would understand. Like, Jesus literally freed me and he set me free. He completely changed and transformed my life. And every time that I'm reminded of that fact, I literally just, I can't contain it. Like, he's so good and he's so worthy of everything. And he's worthy of me looking like a fool in front of my friends. Like he's worthy of me, like being the pastor who's running around the room and everyone's like, what the heck is he doing? Like he's worthy of that. He's worthy of that. 
Like, I, I was literally, there was a point in my life when I would live days and days and days at a time, but it felt like I, I was watching life go by, but I felt like I wasn't living my life. It's like la- life was happening to me and not something that I was actually participating in. And I had no hope. The enemy had fed me this lie that because of all of the wrong things that I had done in my life, that God had given up on me, that, that there was no hope for me that God could never use a tainted vessel. He would never want somebody like me who's done all of the terrible things that I've done in my life. That's, that's where the enemy had me. I was in a spot of depression, hopelessness. I had no vision for my life. I didn't feel like God wanted me or even cared about me. But then one day, everything changed. I'll say one day, freedom began to happen in my life. And I was sitting down at a dock. Some of y'all have heard this story before. And every time I tell it, it just gets me because this is literally the story of how Jesus changed my life. I was sitting at the edge of a dock and I'm have my Bible open. And all of a sudden this passing thought comes into my head. And it says, Isaiah, that passing thought leads me to Isaiah six, verse six. And in that Isaiah six, verse six and seven, it says, then one of the seraphim, which is an angel of God, flew to me, having in his hands a live coal, which he'd taken from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth. And he said, see, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. And in that exact moment, my whole life, all of the crazy things that I had done, all of the things that had been done to me all flashed before my eyes. And I understood in that moment that God sees everything that I've ever done. Hebrews 4.13 said, says nothing is hidden. Everything is laid bare before him to whom we must give an account. There's nothing that we can hide. There's no way that we could ever hide anything that we've done before Jesus. And in that moment, mo- I felt exposed. Like I was like, God, uh-oh, like you actually have seen everything I've done. I must, this must be like it, like If you've seen everything I've done, there's no way you'd want me. But he spoke the exact opposite. He said, Jared, I've forgiven your guilt. Your sin can be atoned for. Would you come follow me? And I made a decision that day to to say, God, this makes no sense. I don't deserve it. Like, I don't know how to clean myself up. I don't know how to do this thing right. But if following you is the first step, I'm gonna start with the first step. And that decision began to change my entire life, was the beginning of my life completely flipping around and turning around. So I, I grew up here at Res Life Church. My dad is actually a pastor. If you met my dad, he's got an even better mustache than this one. I know, hard to believe, but he's been rocking it a long time. And uh, he's, uh, he's the missions pastor here. I grew up here. And so like Sunday schools, growing up here, I used to sit in these chairs and every week I would just hear, if you wanna grow closer to God, you gotta pray, you gotta read your word and you gotta worship. Those are like the three keys to growing in your relationship with God. If you have a daily rhythm of prayer, of Bible reading and of worship, you will grow with Jesus exponentially. And I, when I got saved, when I got saved, this all happened when I was 10 years old. And when I got saved, I had no idea what I was doing, but all of a sudden those three things just started coming up in my head. I was like, all right, I guess I better open my Bible every day. And the only thing I did every day was every morning, I woke up 30 minutes earlier than I needed to. And I spent 10 minutes reading the Bible, 10 minutes praying and 10 minutes worshiping. And let me tell you something. 
Nothing spec- there was nothing spectacular about that. Like for years and years and years on end, probably seven years of like having a consistent Bible reading, like nothing really was like spectacular. Like I can't really remember any of those days that I woke up early to find God in the scripture. It didn't seem like anything was really changing or rooting in my heart, but God was doing an inside job. God was working in me through the word. And the word was actually beginning to transform my entire life before I even knew it. And all of a sudden my friends would come to me and they'd say, Jared, this and that and the third is going on. And I would be like, wait a minute. I just read that this morning in the Bible. Let me flip open there. And I started like giving counsel to people based off the word of God when I was like 13 years old, right? But like this book, encounter with Jesus through this book, the Bible literally began to rework my entire life. And I'm here to communicate this one truth is that if you will commit to reading God's word with God to say, Jesus, I open up this scripture. I open up this Bible, help me. Lord, I don't wanna just read this just to read it. I wanna encounter you, the living God through through these scriptures. He will meet you in that place and he will begin to transform your entire life. Yes? We love the Bible. We love the Bible. So the rest of my time here tonight is gonna be actually a little bit of just like a heartbeat message. And it's kind of surrounding, I don't have slides for tonight. I don't have anything really much. I just kind of view this being a little bit of a conversation tonight. And it's kind of based off where I've felt in prayer that God is taking our community. So can I share just a little bit of like where, man, as I've been carrying this community in my heart, can I share with you just how, where I feel like God is taking us? So probably about a month ago, I was in worship on a Sunday morning, little plug Sunday morning. If you don't have a home church, come sit with us on Sunday morning. So, so powerful. But I was in a Sunday morning and I'm on my knees. (laughs) I'm on my knees. And all of a sudden I just feel like the Lord, he gives me this image. So what do I mean? It's like, I just get this, this like image in my imagination and I'm standing on the shore. I'm standing on the shore of like a beach And all of a sudden there is this huge tsunami wave that is like coming right for me. And I just got this sense, like, this is what I've prayed for. But as this tsunami wave like hit me, I was like immersed in like the most love and peace that like I have ever felt in my entire life. But at the same time, it like destroyed and complicated my entire life. So it was like this both, like, it was like, man, I feel so much of the love of God, so much of the peace of God, but this is actually kind of disrupting my entire life. Like it was completely changing the landscape of where I stood. And if you know a tsunami, if you've ever seen a tsunami, when the wave comes, it completely like obliterates, changes the entire landscape. And what I felt like in my heart is that the Lord was saying that there is a wave of revival, there's a wave of his presence and his power that is coming for our community. And I feel like Jesus, he's initiating it. 
And where is it started? If you know anything about tsunamis, is tsunami wave doesn't just all of a sudden start right near shore. It actually starts miles and miles and miles and miles and miles offshore. And there's these things on the ocean floor which are called tectonic plates. And all it takes is one little shift of this tectonic plate. And it starts a wave way, way, way offshore. And nobody notices the wave. Nobody notices it. If you're way out, if you're in a boat miles and miles offshore, that wave could pass right beneath you and it would just seem like a little swell. It wouldn't even, wouldn't even make much of a difference. But as the wave approaches the shore, it's like it gets taller and taller and taller and taller and taller and event, until it eventually crashes. And I feel like what God is saying is that he has sparked something he sparked something from him and from his spirit. There's been, there's been prayers that have been prayed for generations, like long before we ever sat in these chairs, there are people who have prayed for us and their prayers have reached heaven and they are shifting something in the spirit. They're shifting this tectonic plate and there is this wave that has begun in the spirit and we might not recognize it. Here's the thing, we might not recognize it, like we look out into the ocean and it doesn't look like there's any big wave coming. It looks like we're just living our normal life. It looks like we're just daily following and daily falling in love with Jesus, daily meeting him in these rhythms that don't make much difference in our, don't make much difference in our lives. But here's the thing. I feel like God is calling us to be ones who are prepared for the wave when it comes that we're standing on the chore, we're looking in eager expectation. We're the ones who are on our knees, who are meeting with God in the secret place. We're the ones who are building a dynamic relationship with him and his word. And when this wave comes of the power, the presence of God, the revival that is coming, like when it comes and when it lands on our community, I believe it's gonna do two things for us. <laughs> it's gonna set us in the most peace and the most love that we've ever experienced in our life. There's, there's some of us in this room who struggle consistently with, with anxiety, struggle consistently in depression, struggle consistently to find and take trap of your mind. And I just feel like the Lord is unwinding that in this season. So when it comes, you're gonna be baptized, gonna be filled, like completely immersed in this wave of peace and love. But at the same time, when this wave comes, it's going to completely change the landscape of your life. And that's what happens whenever God comes. Is when he comes, when his word comes, it requires a response. And a lot, most times, it actually requires a response of your whole life. Like, we are gonna be the most thankful we've ever been that God has come but at the same time, we're also gonna be like, it's, I just wanna, I don't know how to say this. It's gonna, we're gonna like, we're gonna, it's gonna be like a hard, it's gonna be like a hard thing too. And so kind of in, in line or in, in the same vein as this, I feel like what God wants to communicate to us is actually the parable of the sower. And so if you're, not familiar, this, this is found in Mark chapter four. If you have your Bible, I would love for you to flip open to Mark chapter four. This is what happens when the word of God comes, when the word of God is present. And I believe this is where God is taking us as a community. 
Mark chapter four, verse 14. So Jesus tells this parable to a bunch of people. Jesus lived in an agricultural society. And so he spoke in a way that, that met the need of that community at the time. So he spoke to this agricultural community and he tells them this parable. He says, there once was a sower who sowed seed liberally. He sowed seed and some seed fell along the path and the birds came and they snatched up the seed and it was unfruitful. Other seed fell among stony ground and it came up, it sprouted immediately. It showed some good fruit initially, but the sun scorched it and it withered away. Some fell among the thorns and it actually grew. It showed good sense of growth, but the thorns choked out the word and it became unfruitful. But then there was another seed that was sowed on good soil and that's, that seed got rooted and planted and actually bore fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so Jesus, Jesus goes on to explain, and from, chap, from verse 14 on, he goes to explain what this parable actually means and what it signifies. In Mark 4, verse 14, it says, the sower, the seed that the sower sows is actually the word of God the word of God. It's, it's the Bible or it's the word that you hear preached. Like that is the seed that is sown. So in the analogy, that's what the seed represents. It's the word of God. And then in Mark four, verse 15, it says, and these are the ones where, where the seed landed by the wayside, where the seed landed on the path. It says, when they hear the word, when people hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. So these people, they hear the word, but then there's no root, there's no like understanding of the word. And because there's no understanding of the word, Satan actually comes and steals the life that is actually in the word of God. And then verse 14, or yeah, verse 15, Mark 4, 15, it says, and these are the ones, yeah, I just read that, Mark 4, 15. Yeah, okay. Mark 4, 16 and 17, and it says, and likewise, these are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure for only a short time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So these people, they hear the word of God, but there's actually no root in and of themselves. You know what these, these people are like? These people are like the, the ones who scroll on Instagram and TikTok and they hear this fire word from this amazing pastor and they're like, oh my gosh, that's good. I'm gonna post that to my story and I'm gonna send it to three friends. And then I'm even gonna say, Josh, bro, did you see that reel I sent you, bro? That was crazy, right? But it's actually, it's somebody else's revelation. It's not my own. And so it hasn't rooted deep in my heart. And so if somebody was coming up to you and to say like, Bro, you really believe that? Are you serious? That it makes no sense whatsoever. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And you just back away from it because it actually hasn't taken root in your own heart. But then there's a fourth soil. Or third, sorry, the third soil is Mark 4, verse 18 through 19. It says, now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. 
So this is the one who they hear the message about Jesus and their heart starts to beat real fast. And they're like, I I kind of feel like this could be the thing I'm looking for. They hear the word of God and they, they sense like God is speaking to them through it. But then they realize that the way of Jesus is actually gonna cost them something. It's like the desire for other things, like the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world. And they're like, those things enter in and they actually choke the word of God and they make it unfruitful. Lastly, the fourth soil. Mark 4 verse 20 says, but these are the ones sown on the good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So as we're talking about the word of God and as we're talking about being a people who are prepared for God when he comes, we need to be people who are that fourth soil, (laughs) who hear the word of God, who read the word of God and actually let it take root in our hearts. Because when God comes, he's gonna change the trajectory of our life and it's gonna cost us something to actually read this word and live by it. But let me tell you something. The thing that you sacrifice in order to implement the word in your life, the word in your life is not even worth comparing the benefit that the word will have in your life. If I came up to you and I said, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you this example. So I have a car, it's a 2005 Honda Accord. His name's Reggie. He's red, okay? Reggie's got some corks to him, okay? When you press the key fob, the door doesn't open. So you gotta go in the back and unlock it manually, okay? He's got some clinks. Sometimes he makes some funny noises. I just think he kind of talks to me as I'm driving, you know? We have a good conversation. It's a good time, okay, as we're driving, right? Sometimes he goes 70, just kind of makes a whoa, 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 and he's like, Jared, you're a good driver, bro. That's just what I hear when he's, when he's driving, you know? He's like, dude, you're gonna get there. You're safe, bro. <laughs> like, I promise you. And I'm like, turn up the music a little louder. Thanks, Reg, love you, bro. You know, like, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about here. It's it's funny. But what Jesus offers me, this this would be what Jesus, the life that Jesus offers me. It's like Jesus driving a Lamborghini. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm driving my car. I pull into Wild Rose parking lot because I go there way too much. And I pull into Wild Rose and he pulls in right next to me. I get out the car, he gets out the car and he says, hey, Jared, let's trade cars. Free and clear. I'll take your 2005 Honda Accord. I'm gonna rename him because I don't like your name. You can have my Lamborghini. But I'm like, and, but sometimes like the life that Jesus offers us is not even worth comparing the sacrifice that it would be to give up my Honda Accord. Like, no, doesn't even compares. Not, not, not even compared. Like, I can't even compare it. Like, there is nothing in me that would be like, you know, Jesus, thanks. You know, like, it's a good offer, but like, you know, I think I'm good with my $3,400 car, you know? <laughs> the way of Jesus, though, it costs us something. It does. It costs us the comfort. I, I sit in my seat. It's kind of like, tuned to me. I just like fit kind of snugly in that seat, right? Like it costs me comfort and it costs me learning to drive a car that I've never driven before. It, it costs me something, right? But the thing that it costs me is well worth it. It's well worth it. 
Every time the word of God comes in our life, every time you're presented with the word of God, every time you read the scripture and God speaks to you through scripture, every time you sit in a sermon, you hear a sermon, you go, you go through three tests as a believer. You go through three tests. And these three tests are seen in Mark 4, 15. One is the test of understanding. That you remember the word that was sown on the path but it's had no root in and of itself. It landed on the path and Satan immediately came and he snatched it away. So does the word of God, am I actually checking in? Am I tuning in to the word of God? Am I just reading it just to read it and check off a box in my life? Am I just sitting in a sermon on Sunday or Thursday because it's the right thing or the Christian thing to do? Or am I actually pressing in for understanding? This is the test that God offers us. It's the test of understanding. Am I going to press in to understand God through his word, to understand God through the words that I hear, the word of God? Once we move on, we're saying, God, I feel like I understood. I knew, I know where the pastor went. Lord, I know what you're trying to speak to me through the word of God. I caught it. I know you're trying to speak to me through this word. Then comes the test of persecution. And I'm going to park here just for a little bit because I just get this sense that this next year of our, our lives, this next year of our lives as an access community is going to be the wildest year that we've ever experienced as believers. Like I believe 2024 is going to be the year that some of you become freer, like more free than you have ever been in your entire life. Like, I believe that this year, like God is gonna expose deep rooted lies and, and heal certain parts of you that you never thought could be healed ever. I believe that one year from now, October 12, 2024, you're gonna look back at this, this version of you that's sitting in these seats tonight and you're gonna say, I don't even recognize that person. Like God has completely changed my life. I believe that this year is gonna be one of the best years of our entire, our, our entire lives as an access community. But at the same time, I feel like this year is also gonna be the most trying and testing year of our entire lives. And I just, I share this with you beforehand so that when it comes, we might have hope. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. This is me saying to you, this is me saying to us, in, in this next year, we are going to experience trouble. For some of us in this room, this is gonna be the best year of our entire life and the hardest year of our entire life. And some of the hardness that we're gonna experience is actually, I believe, a level of persecution. And this is the test that we see in Mark 4, verse 16 through 17. The word is beginning to take root in so many of our hearts and so many of our lives. But when the sun rises and scorches with its withering heat, what are we going to do? Are we going to hold on and press our roots even further into God, further into his word, even though we experience trouble, even though we experience pushback from coworkers, even though we get fired from our job because of our witness of Christ, even when God becomes banned and we can't preach the gospel in open places, are we gonna press in deeper and say, God, I'm gonna obey you over 
obeying the world around me or obeying the, the rules and governments around me? Are we okay to press in deeper to the world to say, God, I'm gonna push past the persecution so I can find you? Because the sun is coming this year. It's coming. And here's my promise to you. If we will press in when we experience the backlash, if we will press in when we experience the opposition from friends and family members about our witness of Christ, if we will press in, then we will grow our roots deep and we'll begin to see a growth in our life with Jesus that we have never experienced before. It's gonna be hard. You might cry some nights because you're like, Jesus, is this really worth it? But he's gonna meet you in that moment and he's gonna speak his truth and his life to you. The test of persecution. Then comes the test of priority. The word of God has entered in our life. We've understood it. We've stood our ground and we're actually starting and beginning to grow in relationship with Jesus. But then all of a sudden, this word of God actually starts to mess with our preferences. This word of God st starts to change a little bit the landscape of our life. It says in Mark verse four, Mark chapter 4, 18 and 19 says, now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The, the test of priority. Are we gonna place God's word as number one and not get distracted by all of the good things in life that might actually come for the word of God and the things that God has spoken to us. So what does this mean? The cares of this world. What are the cares of this world? The cares of this world, really, they refer to just the daily living of your life. I don't know about you guys, but man, when I think about all the, the bills that have to be paid, when I think about getting all the things that I need to have done when I get to work, when I think about having responsibility, and when I think about all the homework assignments I have to do and the deadlines for all those homework assignments, when I think about housing and future and paying off debt, and oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Sometimes we lose sight of God in the midst of all of the cares of the world. And the thing that God has spoken to us in our heart and in our life, it actually becomes unfruitful because we've allowed the cares of this world to choke out the word of God in our life. But if we read this word, we would, we would come to verses like in Matthew where it says the, the pagans, they seek after what, do we, what are we gonna wear? What are we gonna eat? And Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. It's the, it's the test of priority. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. What is that? This is the lie that money is the thing that's gonna make me the most happy in life. And so we pursue money as, as a, a solution for our problems rather than running to God as the solution. And we substitute, it's a, it's a slight shift, right? Because God, he actually wants to bless us. He wants to provide for everyone of our needs. Like he wants to add things into our life. But if we make a God out of the blessings that God has given us, then the priority switches. We have to keep God as number one priority. 
And the last one, the desire for other things. The desire for other things. This literally could apply to, to literally anything. Just dreams, aspirations, thoughts, preferences, like different things that I have in my heart that I've dreamed of doing with my entire life. Like those desires for other things can actually choke out the word of God that God wants to have in our life, that God means to produce good fruit. But here's the ones that we're pursuing. This is the soil that we seek to be as a community. The ones sown on the good ground who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. You hear the word of God, you read this book, and rather than changing it to fit your lifestyle, you let it change you. You submit to the word of God. You submit your lifestyle, your choices, your preferences to the word of God. And what you will notice is a 30, 60, 100-fold increase. What does that mean? It means I sow one seed. And when I sow one seed in the ground, I get 30 seeds back. When I sow one seed in the ground, I get 60 seeds back. When I sow one seed in the ground, something grows and the fruitfulness of what grows actually gives me a hundred times more what I had put in. And this is the power of the word of God. If we will put it, plant it into our heart. If we will, if we will seek God and we'll seek to understand, we'll pass the test of understanding. If we will press in, even when it doesn't make sense, even when people in our life are saying, dude, this book is outdated. There's, you don't need to build your life on it. How do you know it was even real? When they come against you in that way, you pass the test of, test of persecution and you start to build a root. And then you say, God, whatever in my life needs to go, you have number one priority. I'm not falling to the cares of this world. I'm not falling to the deceitfulness of riches. I'm not falling to the desire of other things. My one desire is for you your will to be accomplished in and through my life. When we pass those three tests, we're going to notice that this word of God and the encounter with God that you have in it is going to change your entire life. With where we're going and what the vision and what I see God doing in this community over this next year is we have to be a people who are rooted and grounded in the word of God. We have to... (laughs) And we get to, we get to. And so I actually want to invite you guys next week, we are having a community night, which is called Red Flannel Thursday. And so next week, if you come here on Thursday night, I just want to invite you and give you a little memo, wear a red flannel. Everyone else is going to be wearing a red flannel. If you don't have a red flannel, go and buy a red flannel. So you don't just walk in like, you know, dressed like this and you're like, whoa, yep, that was what Jared was talking about last week. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so wear red flannel. But the, the reason why we have uh, this community event is we, we are going to, one, have a boatload of fun, build some community here together. But number two, we're actually going to go through a practical way of how to read the Bible. And we're going to do an activation together and actually do like a short little Bible study together and actually meet God in the word of God together, through the word of God together. And starting next week, we're actually, next week, Thursday, we're gonna start a communal Bible reading plan together. So if you are like, you're sitting in this, this room, maybe right now, and you're saying, Jared, you're talking about all of this word of God, and dude, I don't even know where to start. Like, I've never even cracked open a Bible. This is my word to you, perfect. That's amazing. 
Like literally you are in the right spot. This is the right spot to be because we are gonna go through the word of God together and help us. We're gonna help each other encounter God through the scripture. So next week, bring a Bible if you have one and we're gonna go through the word of God together. And we're gonna start a reading plan. This reading plan is actually gonna go through the entire book of Psalms. And so we have the way the reading plan is set up is you read one Psalm in the morning and you read another in the evening. And if you do that, if you read one Psalm in the morning, one Psalm in the evening, one, one in the morning, one in the evening, if you do that, you'll complete the entire book of Psalms, all 150 chapters in 75 days. And that's what we're gonna try to do as a community starting next Thursday. I wanna invite you to join me in reading through the entire book of Psalms together. Yeah? Cool. Lastly, could everyone bow your head and close your eyes? You know, this, this message of Jesus has literally transformed my entire life. And listen, I'm not somebody special. <laughs> I'm just a guy who said yes to Jesus. And that one yes that I gave to Jesus, if I had known what was waiting for me on the other side of that yes, man, I would have been way more excited about saying yes to Jesus than I was in the time when I said yes to him. You see, Jesus came down to the earth as a sinless man. He was fully God. And yet he chose to set his Godhood, his divinity aside and chose to enter in as humanity. And he walked a sinless life on the earth, but died a sinner's death. And why? It's because John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you, he does. And he loves you so much that he refuses to leave you in the spot that you're in. Some of you right now, if you're honest with yourself, you are not right with God and you've known it for a while. And there's been different moments in your life where you've had different opportunities to repent, to say, I'm done with these old ways and I need to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been putting on a mask for a while. You've been coming to church. Maybe you've even been coming here for a while. And you're saying, hey, how's it going? Oh, we're doing so good. Hey, God's good, praise the Lord. But when you go home, you feel like, like you were faking it. You feel like you're lying to everybody. And there's this, this uneasy feeling that's inside of you. I want to invite you to get right with God tonight. I want to invite you into taking the first step of a dynamic relationship with a living God. You can't do it by yourself. Galatians 2.16, which is a book in the New Testament, says, by works of the law, by mine own merits and efforts, I can never, ever, ever be made right with God. It's only through one man. It's through Jesus Christ. So if, if you tonight, you're saying, I'm ready to turn away from my old life. I'm ready to find Jesus and I'm ready to throw myself completely on him. I'm ready right now to turn away from my old life, to find this new life in Jesus. I'm ready to make Lord, the, the Lord Jesus the boss and the master of my life.
I want to invite you to make that decision. Actually, everybody open your eyes because this decision that I'm about to, to offer you, this decision that some of you, I believe, are gonna make in this room, it's not a shameful decision. <laughs> there will actually never be a moment in your life where you say a yes to Jesus and it doesn't cost you something. <laughs> and so we want this way for you to enter into the kingdom of God to be reflective of the entire time that you're gonna walk with Jesus. It's like, it's gonna take a risk. It's gonna take some boldness. It's gonna take some courage in order to walk the life of Jesus. So why wouldn't it take courage and boldness to say yes to Jesus for the first time? And then number two is if, if you choose to stand up tonight, no one, literally, there is zero people in this room right now that are gonna be looking at you in judgment. We're actually, we wanna celebrate with you because this decision you're about to make is literally the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. But it's gonna be the hardest one. You can see the tandem. It's gonna be the best. You're gonna find the most fullest life you've ever found, but you're also gonna have to give up your entire life as you know it. The Bible says that what you're actually stepping into is being born again. It's like you're literally experiencing a new birth of the spirit. And how many of you guys knew how to talk when you came out the womb? Nobody. How many of you guys knew how to walk when you came out the womb? Nobody. So when we're born again, we actually have to relearn how to walk, how to talk. We got to relearn how to live our life. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into. So we want to celebrate that decision with you. So if you're in this room for the first time and you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus, or you're saying, I'm not right with God. I've strayed away from God, but tonight is the night I wanna get back with him. I wanna, I wanna know that I'm right with God. I'm gonna invite you to stand up on the count of three in the presence of everyone watching. And we wanna celebrate with you and I wanna lead you in a prayer. So ready? One, two, three. If that's you, you wanna stand up. Come on. Yes, yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, God. Yes. Yes. Come on. It's not too late. If you're still feeling it on your heart, you're like, man, I'm going to give it again. I'm going to count to three one more time. If you want to stand up again, one, two, three. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. This is so amazing. I'm just going to address these guys that are standing here. How many of you guys have ever been to a wedding before? Any of you guys been to a wedding? Raise your hand, we've been to a wedding. What do the husband and the wife do when they, uh, right before, you know, they, right before they say, oh, your husband and wife, you may kiss the bride, right? They exchange vows. Are you familiar with that? Right, it's like to have and to hold in sickness and in health till death do us part, right? All those different things, right? The type of relationship that, that the husband and wife are entering in is called a covenant relationship. And that's actually the same relationship that God is inviting you into right now. And so the same way, that a husband and wife make vows to one another. They make a verbal commitment to each other. We today, right now, we're gonna make a verbal commitment to Jesus. And so I'm gonna lead you in, in a repeat after me prayer. So I'm gonna say something and then you can repeat that at right after me, right? But it's not, nothing special about the words that I'm saying. It's really all about this connection and commitment that you're making to Jesus, yeah? Okay, so everyone, if you could, if you're around somebody, just extend your hands, maybe not lay your hands on them, but just extend your hands toward them. And then everyone close your eyes and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. 
I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you died and rose again, defeating sin, defeating death, and defeating the devil. And God, right now, I give you all of my heart and all of my life. I make you the Lord and the King of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up and teach me to walk like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord. This is so good. So, so good. I would love to chat with every single one of you guys. So before we break off into community groups, I'm just going to be over here kind of along this wall and uh, just love to give a little bit of direction for those guys who are making that decision. Yeah. Awesome. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you. Come on.